Hi, I'm Bianna. And I'm Darren. And, and we're, we're Bold, Bold Culture. Culture. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you've probably heard your share of agencies talking about the culture they create internally and for their clients. But the culture you express in your marketing message also needs to match what your employees are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. And we find that's often not the case. Yeah, diverse audiences are the most influential creators and consumers, but their communities are rarely represented as agency talent across the ladder. This is why agencies come to Bold Culture. We help brands and agencies understand and connect to the communities that are building culture. Want to know where to start? Contact us at info at boldculture.co or visit us at boldculture.co. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. He did like a couple of our stuff anyway on like on a uh, Twitter. Yeah, I saw I that. Think, We're recording now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just let you know. <laughs> no, this is great. It's it's nice to know people who know people. Let me, let because me. when you know people, they tell you about you know you know who I need to introduce you to. That's how things go. That's that's how things work. I wish that's how it worked in dating. Still, you know, who I need to introduce you to. Kai. <laughs> no, because I'm no. <laughs> Be like, I heard I mean, her. You literally no. could ask people to do that. No, no one I know. You like introduce me to your friends. We'll have a website just for you. Just Kai. for me. And just we'll have for like me. different tabs. Kai's Kai, likes, the different dislikes. forms of Kai's. Yes. And then a contact form. Kai's likes. They'd be like ten things. Kai's dislikes. There's a hundred and ten <laughs> things. And as long as we can cross Kai's reference both, we're good. Idea of a perfect date on one tab, and then we'll go into a contact form. You're a good friend. Simeon, not so much. <laughs> what, what did I do? Not even paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, people. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of Mixed Company as we sit here and just banter about life of life of life. Um, we are here with quite the guest. I'm not even going to say a special guest. This is literally the vo- this man is literally the voice in our head. Um, if you have not been on Twitter lately really no i don't think it is sad he just said this is sad i think it is actually very true that's that's horrible i'll go back i'll go back and tell i'll go back and tell sir but if you've not been on twitter um at least in the last four months and if you have not uh taken a look um at any articles on the drum.com or even on adweek um with the only voice that really 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 matters because of how damn authentic it is from the perspective of uh, being black and also being a black man, we have the man himself, Derek Walker here. Um, do you consider yourself president, owner, founder of Browner and Br- Brown and Browner? Janitor, secretary, mailroom person. Mm-hmm. And the other titles don't matter. The other titles, right? Know, somebody's got to keep the, the, the lights, lights on, on and the garbage taken <laughs> out. And the, okay. And everything True. cleaned up. He's literally the 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 man at uh, Brown and Browner. Um, we have Derek Walker here with us, so I'm just yep. gonna go ahead. Good evening. And let y'all know, um, everything here we, we stand right. behind. We not right. We stand behind everything we're about to say. It's gonna get as candid as it can, and we're gonna have a good time doing it. Derek, welcome to Mixed Company. Finally. Oh, I know, thank finally. You. Yeah. yeah. Long time to make it. Long overdue. Yeah, I, it's my fault. 
I, I, it's, it's, it is your fault. It is. I, I will also. Yep. Yep. It is. It I dart is. in and out of this city. You know, I'm sorry. I'm you got to hold the mic, though. Cause we I don't know how you to... folks can afford this city. We can't. And um, That's first of all. They come from the country. <laughs> is that why you leave so quick? Yes, yeah. indeedy. <laughs> They ask you to pay $6 for a slice of pizza. You're like, Mm-mm, let no. me get my plane ticket. Yeah, look, <laughs> look I, I didn't think I'd become my dad so quick. That cheap old man. No, let me quit. I love him dearly. But Bless him. You you, you step in. The, I looked at breakfast, mm. and it's $30. I was about to say, that's it? That's yeah. all you paid? No, that's all they. That's all I saw before I put the menu down. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. You know, those kinds of, you know. Thirty dollars in the <laughs> south would get you two or three meals. I'm it like, would thirty dollars in the south is like a whole. That's grocery. Are, yeah. That's groceries. That's groceries for the week. We good and, here. And, that's and, one meal. And that you know that sort of reflects in how we address the world sometimes. Mm. You know, I we 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 do advertising the same way. Like everybody's from New York hmm. and, or wow. Chicago. Mm. Mm. But you know, down south. Already, already, you letting us have it. You right. You know, it's 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 one of those things, and it's just coming up here is is like culture shock sometimes. So, I mean, really? Yeah, because you guys don't speak to each other. No, we don't. <laughs> and I've lived up, I've lived up in the Northeast my whole life, and in New York for like the past eight years, and I sometimes get mad. Like, walking into work, now that I'm back at a work, mm-hmm. um, and people, like, that you know you had a meeting with yesterday don't speak to you when you see them in the morning. And you're like, I know. If you didn't <laughs> see me, you smelt this good, expensive perfume that I had on, and I know you see these good, this good, good leather jacket I wore. You're not going to ignore me. You're gonna, we're going to yeah. get this good morning today. And that's, I mean, wow. you know, I, I, I make eye contact. I'm trained to, you make eye contact, you speak. Yeah. And you make eye contact appear, and it's like, okay, we're gonna just keep going now. Nothing to see. Nothing to see here. Nothing to say. In all fairness, a good eye contact can start a situation in New York. This is true. In certain spaces. <laughs> just, in certain spaces. I mean, in the workplace, it's a little bit different. Like these are people you work with. You expect a good morning. Well, we're but we're not walking around the, like we're not walking around like crazy my neighborhood at like eleven o'clock p.m. We walking like. And they are the World yeah. Trade Center at like 10 a.m. Good morning, sir. Like that's a, just a, a head nod. A, head nod. Is, you know yeah. the flat smile where like your 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 lips don't like crease up. They just kind of like it's like the you know what I'm talking about. It's just the a straight one hundred 180 degree line smile. I'll take that. A lip protrude something like acknowledge my presence because I'm here and I I've said hello to you. Don't leave me hanging. Yeah, that's good though. Assholes. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all how how we came to know. Which I don't know if you know. We've been calling you Uncle Derek on the show like yeah. quite frequently. Yeah. So I like, know. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure. Why? Is, don't yeah. expect no yeah. gifts come Christmas. Let, no. Just like. <laughs> don't expect no gifts come Christmas. Just like just like my real uncles. It's totally fine. I there totally get it. Can but, I be that drunk uncle from Eddie Murphy's routine? That's literally. The, so, the, I wasn't gonna call you the drunk uncle, but like, listen, that's what comes to mind. And just imagine, I don't drink. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's literally to save us all. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but we drunk so, on life. exactly. <laughs> We met, we we were actually introduced to Derek uh, a few years ago by Tasha Gilroy, who you all know we've had on the show a couple times, um, because Tasha was reading a couple of your articles, and she was like, this, 
Y'all need to talk to this man. Yeah, because he ain't right. He's dude. not right. I and have we no started filters. None. And we started reading those articles, and you was telling people all the way about themselves. And I was, and it was kind of like, oh, kindred spirits, eh? We also tell people about themselves. We let them know when they're not shit, what they need to do to become shit, and how we don't have too much faith that they will ever actually become shit. And you do that as well in a more positive way and maybe even a little more straight to the point kind of way in your writing. Yeah. I, it, I do. I do, but I don't think it's about... I try not to be personal. Mm. Because if I get personal, then... And, and I can be petty and mean like anybody else. Yeah, we, that's why we don't use names. Yeah. But I, I'll start using names and addresses and, and posting <laughs> pictures. You need y'all. He I dropping need somebody pins. to go by. Here yeah. this address. Somebody go by and pay him, a t- pay him a visit for me. Okay. Oh, no. Just pull up on him for you real quick. I think we, I think I just talk about, um, I just got tired of the fake. You know, we pretend we like everything and everybody's all right. And we're singing Kumbaya and, you know, it's like watching the ship go down. Oh, we just moving. You know, instead of talking about the problems, we we're all getting along. You know, I mean, I don't need to get along. I need the boat to be fixed. That's Amen. true. Praise God. That's true. You know, advertising's got a lot of trouble, and this idea of well, don't don't offend anybody, don't ruffle any feathers. Oh, excuse me, I'm gonna do this, but I'm black. Right. I show up. I ruffle feathers just right. by showing up. Just by being there. And the, the other side to that is we ain't got time to wait. Mm. We've given advertising 40 years to get its stuff together, and here we are. Here we are. So, still. Right, still. <laughs> yes. Still, the, it, the journey continues. Um, so clearly we're going to have a good conversation, but before we even jump into that, I think we can go ahead and do ourselves a favor um, and talk about all the great things and the not-so-great things, a.k.a. the dope shit and the ain't shit happening in advertising or in culture today. Um, I'll go ahead and kick it off. New Fronts actually happened last week. New Fronts and Upfronts for you TV heads. Um, so every all of the brands and agencies were spending all of their Q1 dollars on impressing people uh, by having them out for parties and events and showcasing um, what they feel is going to be the highlight of their offerings for the year. From what I heard, because I was not there, um, Hulu was popping. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was tweeting about it. And Verizon was a little weird. Like, people were not quite sure what they were getting from Verizon. Okay. Um, literally, like, the, the comments that I saw were like, this is just very weird and uncomfortable. Okay. I think they were trying to be a little bit, like, humorous, and it wasn't. Like, what are they what trying they do? to do? Um, I think it's more about the talent that they brought out on stage okay. and what they were talking about. And it was just like, well, if everyone... If, a, no one's really sure what they were getting from from that uh, new front. B, everyone said it wasn't funny. Um, but B, <laughs> they said, well, the production was really great. So shout out to whoever actually produced <laughs> their new front. Um, but apparently they weren't able to communicate exactly what it is they wanted to share with the public. So so what are the trends? Because I know Hulu, like they are really pushing like their digital content those like they did a phenomenal job with like the documentaries it's a good thing i have an answer because you ever know when people are like i just said what i said i don't have no damn (laughs) follow-ups and here you come what are the trends i don't know karina did you read them 
Um, no. So from what I saw, there's a huge, there's a big trend in the idea of new fronts and TV upfronts merging, and that's because of how we're consuming media today. Okay. Um, so what where digital and um, I guess out of home or TV were considered something separate in the past maybe five years ago because things change very quickly now um it's all the same packaging what i watch on my phone is probably what i'm watching on my tv is definitely what i'm watching on my computer and it's probably what i want to see while i'm waiting in line watching whatever screen is in front of me at the gas station um so therefore because there's this convergence of platforming um, a lot of brands are starting to make offerings that include that bundling as well very cool Thanks, guys. Well, phenomenal reporting. <laughs> do you think that has anything to do with Disney buying a big portion of Hulu? Um, w- with Hulu getting their rave reviews, or just or like this the direction that Hulu's going in? Because Disney's about to roll out their right. subscription platform, but they bought Hulu. They port- did they control of Hulu. They did. They definitely did that. I think. So I think. Uh, Industry-wise, we've been moving towards this um, this convergence of platforming for a long time. Um, I think it was called like the battle of the screens for a long time a few years ago. And I definitely know with Disney and Hulu, and there was another one that um, actually Adweek's yeah, that's probably an ad. They were talking about this as well. How a lot of su- how a lot of platforms are moving to subscription services. Um, and with them doing that, we're, we see ourselves going back into this cycle that we were trying to escape by cutting the cord with cable. Mm-hmm. How now, all of a sudden, um, the same amount of sus- subscriptions that you're paying for with a Hulu and also a Showtime and an HBO, and you tally all that up, and it's still the $64.99 that you were paying to DirecTV to get 200 channels that you didn't need. But now you're only getting four channels. And it's now it's now the conversation is starting to be well what what is the value add here? Well, it's going to be like a battle of packages. I mean, let's not forget about net neutrality. But technically, it. we didn't want packages. That's why we moved away from cable. Yeah. But we're now so we're going into these like personalized TV packages. Like with Disney X, everyone's getting excited because there's going to be Marvel spinoffs and things like that type of content that you wouldn't get from like a Hulu package, or you might get it with a Hulu package, or you won't get it with a DirecTV now. I think Hulu's living up to its tagline, like they're gonna make us hate TV, and I feel like they're really living up to that. So I'm excited to see what Hulu has in store. I, and Netflix. I'm excited more so to see how people actually respond to um, these new offerings mainly because it's contradictory to what we've been saying over the past few years. And our money is still, like, somehow media has still found a way to make us spend money on shit we don't want after we done told them we didn't want to spend money on that. Well, it's shit that we do want now. No, I I do CBS Mm -hmm. because I want to watch Discovery. But only one thing. Yeah, I only want to watch the Star Trek series. Exactly. Which isn't on TV. So I got to pay... CBS for the rest of that crap that they have that I don't want to see just to watch exactly. one show. Am I happy about it? No, no. I'm feeling like I'm a hostage. But what we really are, what we've done is we haven't broken up. T- we broke up TV. We didn't kill TV. Right. So now all you have are different channels. Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime are different because they have such a vast array 
of shows. Right. So you can find enough to keep you going. Mm-hmm. But a CBS, um, even HBO. Right. Folks HBO say- is a great example because, for example, me, I generally only purchase or, or only subscribe to HBO during the seasons of shows I want to watch. And mm-hmm. after that, I take my money back. But the idea is that they want you to continuously purchase the show when you know damn well I only want to see Insecure. Now you ain't bringing it back until 2020, so you ain't getting my money for this Q3. And I've been borrowing my friends' accounts to watch Game of Thrones. Thrones. So there's that. (laughs) But But don't you feel like you're still paying for what what you want as opposed to cable, which is everything is you're getting more channels than you would even pay attention to. Well, I have DirecTV now because I get all the channels that I would watch. When I had cable, I had a whole bunch of channels, but I'm not going to watch 10 golf channels. The go- so so it's n- I don't think it's about – I don't think that question is representing the issue. I think the issue is when we were paying $70 mm-hmm. a month for 200 channels we didn't watch, what we thought was – if we would just pay for the subscription of the the pro, of the platform that we wanted to watch, that that would then become cheaper. But what's happening is, as we've gone from being um, loyal to a network, we've now become loyal to shows. Mm-hmm. So now I'm paying for shows I don't want to watch, but still paying the same amount that I was at least getting for. 199 other channels there's gonna be there has to be a culling Mm. there has to be a point where this this can't go on what happened is everybody took their ball and went home right now what they don't realize is people are finally waking up and going wait and see you guys are saying $60 I think that's low it is low some people out here playing $15 Hulu's 12 Netflix is 15 if you actually share it with other people and you care about who's watching it on what Uh, screen otherwise it's still $10 but it went up to 12 it went up to 12 it went up to 12 okay so let's say like 8 no No. it's $12 keep for your rates locked in so okay but let's do the math Netflix 12 I'll give you 12 we won't do 15 Hulu 10 (laughs) so Hulu is included in Spotify now if what? you have Spotify, if but have most Spotify. a lot of people do not. Oh, I so. have Spotify. I didn't know that. Okay, boom. Amazon <laughs> Prime is how much? If you don't have Spotify? Amazon Prime, I think it's another ten to fifteen dollars. Yeah. So let's just say ten. CBS is ten dollars. And nobody even really watches CBS. I'm a comic y'all. book fan. DC That's DC why. Universe is its own. Now DC has one, oh, so it's gonna... another ten. HBO, like you were talking about, is another ten. Mm-hmm. You're up to a hundred dollars, and people don't even realize it. People are going, "Oh, I got this, this, and that," and I'm looking at them going, "But I don't have cable." And I'm going, "Did you add those up?" Right. Because you, you must have been smoking when you did this, because you got more. Mm-hmm. You're paying more than what I pay. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like it exactly. because it's ten here and ten there and ten there. What happens when Netflix and Marvel? and Hulu and Amazon Prime are all running together. Mm. Then you're going to be, you know, folks are just going to be, they're going to be paying more than they paid for cable. Yeah. And you can't go back now because everybody wanted this and none of these folks want to be in the cable package. And once they're actually able to, because I'm sure, I'm sure this is going to happen one day. Once they're actually able to verify and validate how many people use um, a single login, 
we all gonna be spending the same know, amount of money again. The they gonna like I just can't watch no TV. I just I mean, gotta get a book subscription service. <laughs> library, to, to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Barnes and Noble gonna need to come out with a subscription but, service. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's still always gonna be bootleg sites where. I mean, yes. I mean, you definitely have. That's why HBO started their subscription. Right, you definitely have your Fire Stick uh, jailbreaking and all of that. But there, you sacrifice quality, and you all you sacrifice quality, and you sacrifice the ease and functionality of getting to that content that you want to see. I wouldn't know because just in case HBO's listening, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm as pure as the driven snow. (laughs) I would never do this. And I, I, whatever they're saying is for not rest, included in right. there. Oh, well, for the rest of our, the, us crooks, out here in expensive these. New York, where I've we can't, where we got to choose between <laughs> rent, food, and cable. I, hey. I definitely have been sharing logins. Got one this I morning. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I think I think that's definitely something to consider because just, just I would say maybe two, three, two between two and three years ago everyone thought they were getting over on the media companies and i think now that there has there is a lot of data surrounding how we uh how we view content and how we absorb content they they've started to monetize this and of you can course. definitely see that um at the upfronts this year interesting well future of tv you better watch my bill wait till we got to pay subscription to use us snapchat and insta story ciao Instagram TVs. Don't give people ideas. I'm not giving them. I'm sure they already have a these $2.99. ideas. I'm not that. I'm not that great to just be making shit up. I'm sure this is already. In have you noticed that YouTube's already there? Yeah. Yeah. The new YouTube Premium, mm-hmm. and then well, Facebook isn't there yet. No. They have their Facebook channels. The one I want to see it's is coming. what Vimeo does. Yeah, because they've they d- been out the game for a little bit. Yeah, because they don't have the commercials. Mm. Ooh. Mm. If you if you post videos there, there there's no commercial break in them. Whereas mm-hmm. YouTube will slap a commercial on anything now. Facebook's done that too. Um, what's the gentleman that makes fun of all the the comedian, um, Kev? Hart, Kevin Hart? No, not Kevin. Oh, Hart. Kev on Kev on stage. Kev on stage. Yeah. He now has commercials in the middle of his videos. <laughs> on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I did notice that. Hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. See, you can you can run, but you can't hide these. <laughs> They they're gonna get their money. For oh real. my goodness, it's about to happen. So who who else has some some dope ish? Mine's my, my, not ad related. Uh, mine isn't either. It's really quick too. Um, Tyra's on the cover of swimsuit. Of the I definitely gave Tyra a shout out earlier oh. today. Tyra yeah. Banks has been in this in the modeling industry for I say at least thirty years. She is forty six years old oh. right now, and she has made I think this is her third appearance on the cover. Mm-hmm. Of swim really? Sports Illustrated, I said she's the reigning queen of Sports Illustrated. I thought she was on the cover for more than that, but no, I think it's only three. Because I remember no. the second like time it was a big, t- big thing that, she, that I think she was in her thirties, and they're like, "Ooh, Ooh this aged. this aged woman <laughs> has graced the cover of Sports Illustrated," and I'm like, "She wow. ain't that old, but now she's somebody's mama." And and her bathing suit, as gorgeous as it is, there's not much of it, and I'm like, "Man, man." <laughs> Once every ten years, you've that's got to be a record. You've got to be out said, here doing man, things. Man, once every ten years. Yeah, I mean it's dope. I think we. <laughs> man. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Uh, uh, once again, <laughs> I have not said a word on this subject. So when the Me Too comes for Simeon, he's on his own. Listen. Hey. Listen. 
we we so I feel like we don't talk about ageism enough on the show, and so I think that is one of those moments where, and we talked about it with Tiger too a couple of weeks ago, where these people who I guess people kind of count them out of the game, like they're still doing shit and they're doing it at a high level and shitting on people who are younger than them, which I think is dope. Fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. Shout out to Tyra. Nice way to wrap it up and swing back and get I try to be respectful. Okay. Okay. So, my dope shit is the recent Met Gala. This year's theme was camp. Which nobody knew what it was unless they watched watched Pose or they are aware of that culture. So camp is like, I want to say it's like avant-garde-ish, but it's supposed to have like, it's supposed to leave you guessing. Like it's supposed to, when you look at it, you're like, okay, like that's out there, but it means something. I just don't, you're supposed to have react to it. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's, like, no. it's like abstract art. Like, you look mm-hmm. at it, like, you know. So, the thing that I liked about this year's gala is that um, they were kind of up, people were upfront about whether it was on theme or not. Because camp is a polarizing issue, being that it comes from the voguing era, it comes from, um, you know, I'm, I don't want to say, I'll say it. Yeah, but it, that but is like, what it is. Yeah. So it, it's politicized in a way where if it's not done right, like, it's just, you're just dressing crazy. Out but it, <laughs> to go back, because you never actually said what you didn't want to say, it specifically <laughs> comes from the New York City um, gay, LGBTQ, LGB, LGBTQ community. IA community, yeah. Sort of. Go ahead and let it. Go, let us know. have it. Come on and come on. Grab the mic. That's that's been borrowed from. If you ever went to a Bronner Brothers yes. hair show, yes, oh. that they were doing yeah. it long before the gay community was doing this. Yeah, that's true. You went to the Bronner Brothers. I, I saw the one where um, what's his name, Billy? Oh, uh, Billy Porter. Porter. Billy Porter was mm-hmm. carried in, and I went. Wasn't that 1998 at the Bronner Brothers hair show? Mm. But they won't know. No, they, they don't. But, but I would the, say but the all folks of this in comes are from. Going, Hold up a second here. But I would say because that's definitely like definitely from the 80s, 80s, early 90s, Vogue area, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. from Bronner Brothers, but it's definitely from Black culture. Yeah. If we really want to be mm. real about that, and yeah. just the extravagance and the and and quite frankly the gaudiness of coming in and wearing something that it's like why are you wearing candles but it's art it's <laughs> it is art it yeah. is oh, art. respected oh, as art it yeah. is definitely art i didn't want it to be co-opted by not even you gotta we don't go far enough back history's too short sometimes we say oh this is what was done i'm sorry i need to put this thing closer this was what was done in the in the in the 2000s no mm-hmm. I was in Atlanta in 86, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, you, you'd walk down the street when the Bronner Brother hair show was going on, and you go, okay, <laughs> I need to go lock my car doors. Not you locking your car <laughs> doors. No. <laughs> some purple I mean, hair. You're seeing, you're, no, you're seeing girls going down the street with dragons. It, it, their hair done mm-hmm. as dragons with smoke coming out of it. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, and, you know, and you go, okay, and once you get used to it, it's, it's there. It's, but then when it came, when it started coming back, and I saw Pose, and, and Pose was, I think it was New York that they yes, were doing Pose. Yes, it's the '80s, yeah, late '80s. But, but it goes further than that, and that's why I was yeah. not sure if to even go to the '80s because that's just the beginning of when things became popular. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know. My favorites definitely B- Billy Porter. Um, Please yeah. tell me you didn't like Serena's. What Serena, the scrambled eggs and ham? The Sam I am. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Looking like some scrambled eggs and ham. It looks like an egg and it looks eggs and ham. I didn't. I didn't understand it. Yes. It was definitely loud and gaudy. I would say she hit those. Yes, that was art. Tessa Thompson did it really well. Yes, for Zendaya. I didn't think Zendaya's was that great. It wasn't that. And I like her. It was over. It was redone because. Because they already did a lit-up dress last year, so... I don't um, think it was that. I just thought that the Cinderella wasn't... I, quite frankly, I don't think it was drag enough. Everyone loved Lady Gaga, but I was like... Mm, I didn't, this, I didn't well, think she's it was done, four, episodes, four dresses. Four and, dresses in one, but she's done way crazier things that than that. That, like, was that was really boring. She should. This was she should have wore the meat, the meat dress, too. For real. And then, you <laughs> know, that would have been great slay? for this. Listen. Cardi B. Cardi did come to slay. She Cardi looked. Cardi looked like something straight out of a Disney uh, caricature. She did. I was here for it. Looked like somebody's evil god step godmother. <laughs> yeah, her. She definitely looked like uh, what's her name? Maleficent. Maleficent. That's yeah. who she looked like. And I was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. But no, it was great. That yeah. was great. I mean, did you have any favorites? There? Yeah. Did you have any favorites? <laughs> no. No. Were no. you also paying attention to your social media during the Met Gala? I was trying to wonder why this was taking over my social media. <laughs> hey. Every year on a, on the first Monday. Because half the people on my social media that were seeing some of those comments were like, just like, what what's happening? <laughs> and and yeah. it's, without explanation, it's, it's kind of too much for folks, I think, you know. Because it popped up on Facebook on some people's feeds, and I was like, I just was chuckling because the church folks didn't know what happened to them. Lord Jesus. <laughs> they, they could have came to the show. But, like, you know, I think there's, when I was looking at my social feed, it was more of this group thing that I've been thinking about, and a lot of people who didn't fit the theme but did look good, people were just like, oh, they, they slayed it, they killed mm-hmm. it. I'm like, you weren't on theme. You just look cute. You just have really there good There were makeup. people, like, I think <laughs> Ashley Graham just looked cute. And her da- dapper Dan blazer, but I was like, "That's that's the all thing. you doing in, in a in a custom dapper Dan, whatever." It came, it saw some people conquered. We'll see what's up next year. I see Rihanna didn't turn up, so it must not have been that great. I that's mean, a very good point. I was like, Rihanna not here, so I don't really She's need working. to be here. She's working, making more makeup and not no music. Listen, I'm here for all of it. Good luck to everyone. <laughs> Better luck next year. That's it. You can be a judge. All right, Gentlemen, do you guys have, uh, or Derek, do you have anything that you'd like to share? Did you guys, did anybody talk about the extra spot? No. The extra spot? Extra gum spot? No. no. It's a two-minute video of a black, an older black gentleman and a, and a young white child playing chess, checkers in the park. Well, no. Sounds like a regular day in Brooklyn. But it's no words, none for two minutes. Just and they tell them. a whole story. And it's the, I'm not going to give it away. If you didn't, go look up Extra Gums two-minute video. And it, it just tells a whole story. And it, it harkens back to the time when folks actually put thought into a concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and went, oh. That's not shade. That's real. Yeah, I mean, because most of these spots are like, okay, whatever. It could be for anybody. But this... The gum wasn't the hero. And it was kind of cool because there's actually a point where the container doesn't have gum in it. It has checkers. Hmm. The little boy's carrying the checkers around in the gum container. So 
it's almost like the way we repurpose the crown um, royal bags. <laughs> I got one hanging. I got one hanging on my wall full of stuff right now. I come from the south. I've seen people do short sets with them. Yo. You but, said a short set? Yes. I told you I was going to get a short set this summer. Listen. Hey. Listen. Detroit and Miami have been, come, been strong with the short sets for a long. They've yes, been holding they that tradition. You know, you got your shoes and your socks have to match. Yes, you know, they you just do. can't buy, buy a short and a, sh- and a shirt. You gotta have socks and the shoes. That is a joke. But the extra spot caught so many, so much attention because it's two minutes, two minutes and some seconds. But it's also no voice, voiceover. Um, the end has a voiceover, and that's where it, it falls off. Okay. They could have just left words off completely. Huh. But it's a story well told, and we have those camps that say advertising isn't storytelling, and I'm going. I beg to differ. You know, it, yeah. when done well, it's storytelling. Yeah. When it's done poorly, it's just garbage. An ad. Yeah. It's <laughs> just an ad. Okay. Cool. So we, we'll definitely make sure um, if I you can get us that. the... Cool. cool. So we'll make sure we'll post the link to Oh, yeah. Can, you might that. need tissue. Oh, more, more ads that make you cry. We've been doing that a lot in 2019. Also, we're all pretty sad in, in 2019. Also, that seems like an uptick for therapists. So if you're listening... <laughs> Definitely, you can start targeting people that listen to this show. <laughs> With that being said, <laughs> I think that's actually a really good transition, though, going into going uh, talking about storytelling and advertising and how everyone's not doing that. So what we want what what we want to do today is just have a general conversation on the state of the state. What's going on in advertising? How do we feel about it? What are we liking? What are we hating? And what do we need to see more of? And if there's anybody who can carry this conversation, it's Mr. Derek Walker himself, is it's literally what he does on social media all day. He tells y'all that y'all need to step your game up. You're not creative. You don't hire the right talent. And quite frankly, you don't even know how to uh, hire the right talent if you try. Derek, do you have, I know you said you were having a conversation earlier with somebody about the state of the state. Yes. Can you give like, can you give a 180 character or maybe a 240 character um, summary of what you think is going on in the state of advertising today? 180 characters. O- that original, that's th- Twitter, 1.2.0. That didn't count. Okay. Um, We're starting now. Advertising is working from a position of fear. Mm-hmm. Advertising is working from a position of fear. That's like seven words. That's yeah, all. That I mean, right. it, that's it. We're afraid of losing clients. We're afraid of offending people. We're afraid of of ostracizing people. Um, we're just afraid. Mm-hmm. We're afraid that we're going to lose our job if we do diversity right. And I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about just regular everybody. <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> everything everything is, is, is based in fear. We don't charge enough because we fear the clients will go to the consulting agency. But the consulting agency just spent $35 million on a website that didn't work. So I'm not going to name names, but Hertz um, and Accenture. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you that don't follow the story, Hertz paid Accenture $35 million for a web, well, a web experience. This is good that you're bringing Accenture up. And Accenture couldn't pull off, according to Hertz, mm-hmm. and this is going to be solved in court, but it couldn't, Hertz is saying they couldn't do the website. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I know very few agencies that would have gotten thirty five million for this project. So, for, yeah, and, and I've never worked at one that would get a million for this project. Only, no, because it was more than a website; it was apps too. Even yeah, with that, okay. even with that, but the the really interesting part that we miss is Hertz decided to sue them in public. They've published mm -hmm. their response. Mm -hmm. They've published their response and asked for a jury trial. They're not even trying. This isn't about getting your money back. This is about punishing they're trying, right, they're trying to make them look bad. Yeah, they're making a statement. And this is the kind of, of behavior that agencies were always afraid of. Mm -hmm. When a client finally decides that they're going to make an example out of somebody, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they come hard. And they're business people. They know exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that ex Accenture was caught in that, we're, we're better than ad agencies, we know better, arrogance. It came back to bite them. Yeah. Whether they they realize it or not, because after the $35 million website and web experience didn't work, they wanted to charge them $10 million to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Penalty. That's yeah, how that you, works. You broke fees. my car. And now you want to charge me another $10,000 to fix it? From operations perspective, it's because we technically still have to be able to pay the resources and not just the agency internal resources, whoever, whatever additional vendors that they were working with. It doesn't make a difference because you didn't do what you were supposed to do in the first place. Mm. If this is, a, you're going to run it like a business, then you eat these costs and you fix my what you said you were going to do. If Baker makes a bad cake, they don't charge you again for the, the, the supplies to make an, another cake. Mm -hmm. They fix it or they refund your money. But anyway, back to... <laughs> no, I mean, I think that uh, it's interesting real. that you're bringing that up because I know that the the but, idea of uh, not consultant consultancies or mm -hmm. places like Accenture are now starting to buy agencies. Right. I feel like that's what they're going to keep running into. Everybody thinks that you just need the talent. Yeah. But, but it's not just about the talent. No. It's about knowing how to run that kind of business as well. But this response is the nightmare that agency owners have had for decades. They've always worried that we're going to drop the ball on a project so badly that the client's going to go thermonuclear in their response. This mm -hmm. is nuclear. I mean, they're like, oh, we're not only suing you. We're going to put this. I mean, when was the last time you seen a lawsuit published? They released their lawsuit. And say here, look, read. This is why we're suing them, and they're gonna, mm -hmm. and they're asking for a jury trial. I'll be amazed if they don't ask to have cameras in the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, it's not yeah. the OJ trial. They're doing a scorched earth um, approach to this, and this is what we we've always been afraid of. But we've never bungled anything this badly. Yeah. You know, it's so. So what do you think is going to be the outcome? Like, I mean, it's going to rule in Hertz's favor. I think well, with, with court trials, you never know. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know that just it's yet. Gonna so set let me rephrase precedent. the question. What if, so what do you think the outcome will be, like, from an industry perspective, if it goes into Hertz's favor? If it, if the, it rules in, the, in Hertz's the favor? The bad part is the, the consultancies won't feel the pain the way the agencies do. Right. Mm. The agencies are always the villain. Mm -hmm. They're always the fall person. And part of that is that fear of if we speak up and defend ourselves, then the clients will get mad. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? 
I'm about to go on, you know, I'm not going to take the, I'm not going to fall on the sword. Um, let me give you a good example. The Pepsi spot. Which one? Yes, okay. With um, the Kardashian. Oh, okay, with Kendall. Kendall. Yeah. Really, really bad one. Okay. The client acted like, although it's an internal agency, the client acted like they had no approval process. This, you know, and, and then there's that. And the agency, although internal, sat there and went, just took that beating. But let's be totally honest. Who woke up and went, you know what would really be cool for my portfolio? Is to do a, a, an ad with the Kardashians making fun of a protest. Making light of a protest. No creative wanted to do that. That was from the top down. The top down said, ooh, let's get us an influencer. Mm-hmm. And the poor creators were stuck with, what are we going to do with this Kardashian? I don't know. I, I'll say I don't know because I don't, that's actually not, that has not been my experience most all the, the time. Most of the times that a celebrity ends up, look at um the, the new deal with Queen Latifah. Is it um, one of the, one of the companies has a, I think it was her. He's, she has a production company. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, we're going to do this with, with Queen Latifah. We saw her at Con, and we, we talked about it. The agency wasn't in that meeting. Well, okay, so this is what this. It's the st- I will say, I will say I have recently, in the last two years, sat in rooms with creative directors who were very, um, who were very passionate. It's the title that it's literally the title that is on the website next to their name, right? Everybody can be called that. Very few people earn that. Fair. And I agree with you. But so, these are the people that are called. And and, and that's why <laughs> that you're gonna get some pushback real quick no, about that. No, I mean it's fair, but it's like this is what they this is how they are referred to within and the they agency. They should walls. not be called that. Okay, because they literally were were very passionate that this is what we need in order to be cool. So I don't know if you working with these new school cats, but these new school creative director cats, like literally the only thing they really want to do is to be cool because being cool gets them to can being cool gets them the awards being cool gets them to sit next it's sit in rooms with people and drink champagne. I would disagree wholeheartedly. Tide wasn't cool. Tide was brilliant. Tide was brilliant. Cool is cool is cool is the stuff from Mountain Dew mm-hmm. with the rapper. Mm-hmm. And it might get you the can, but it won't get you the lion. Mm-hmm. Because somebody will do something smart like Extra did. Mm-hmm. And those folks will be there, but they're there on a trick. Yes. And come on, tricking. And they got it. They tricking and they got it though. But they and don't. literally that's but all see, they want. But that's 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 and it's it's I think that's the perversion of the craft. Yeah. But that is oh, in my experience, that's no. literally what I've experienced. And and my I'm old and tired of, of so <laughs> I'll say what I don't say on, on we call these people creative directors. Mm-hmm. They're not even talent. Mm. See, it don't mm. take any talent to copy somebody. No, yeah, or, or you come up with an original idea, and we say there are no original ideas, but there are original ideas. They may be based on something that existed before, but they're original. Mm-hmm. These guys are copying 
copies of another copy of another copy. Right. If at least do better. Right. At right. least. At least aspire to do better. That's why there's a divide in advertising. Yes. That's why there are agencies that are pumping out quality work and I'm, whole markets. I judge the Portland ad show. Mm-hmm. And Wyden raised the uh, Widen is, is if we say Widen is, is one of the best agencies in the world. Widen didn't enter any Nike work and in the Portland Addies. And were lit. And they were still good with tourism for, for mm. Oregon. But Adidas did some work. I was like, oh my God. I have to keep Adi- telling people about Adidas. Y'all Adidas need to- did a, a promo where they create, ask people, what flavor would your tennis shoes be? And then they did an ice cream truck mm. where you ordered the flavors by the shoe. Mm. And the box that the, the ice cream came in was an Adidas box. Mm. Blue blue with the white stripes. Just a beautiful execution. Nobody's done that. And it's a simple thing. It seems, and it is simple. It's not easy. It's simple. Right. But I'm sorry. There's, that's why there are levels. What happens is we got rid of the old people. So the new people came up aren't trained to be creative directors. Creative right. directors don't create work. They manage and foster work. First of all, they are managers. Mm. If that, though, because I don't necessarily believe Do they're they all managers. That? Maybe <laughs> Yes, they are managers of the they're work. They're supposed to be. They're supposed, they to, be. Are they're su- supposed to be managers. Yes. So they shouldn't be. I, I cringe every time a creative director is, is the writer and the art director on a project because why are you creative director? Creative directors clear the row. I, I, as a creative director, I stand between all the obstacles and what my teams need to create the best work possible. Mm-hmm. And we haven't defined that because we hadn't trained folks in 20 years. Um, we give we give promotions. Oh, y'all don't get me started, Lord. No, go, no, no. go, I mean, go like, through. This, I feel like this through. is a conversation that people... We, Need to have. What yes. we do is we give titles and promotions as reward for good work because we don't want to give money. And what you end up with are people that are in management positions who haven't been trained to manage, who haven't been defined, their position hasn't been defined as a manager. Mm-hmm. Creative directors are in charge of the budget for their, sh- for their group. So they're hiring mm-hmm. and they're firing. They're growing their teams. They're, 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 they're handling deadlines. They're making sure that workflow is is what it is to get good work out. I'm not describing anybody today. There are no creative directors. Very few. Right. Very few. I would yeah. I would even uh, go further that, to say that that's that's even across discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. that's across discipline challenge cross uh agency and definitely cross like type of ad industry. I would say that it's not just creative, but I would also lean into because this is something you've mentioned uh to to me in the past that there are also more jobs or more disciplines now in the game than there than there were 20 30 years ago so you're saying creative directors managed budgets and they managed timelines and now there are producers no the producer comes out of used to be really under account service Mm-hmm. Used to be. And it almost should be because you still got to work with the client on those deadlines mm-hmm. and those timelines. So it's technically still a quasi 
it, it you have foot a foot in both and we talk called it traffic before we call mm-hmm. them producers. Yes. I don't mind that that you have a foot in both worlds, but you gotta answer to somebody. Right. And you need to answer to somebody who understands where you fall into the chain of things. Mm-hmm. See, everybody wants to be king, but everybody isn't qualified to wear or queen, or they're not qualified to wear the crown. Right. And they're not willing. It's so funny how everybody's a creative until something goes bad. <laughs> listen, I come out the gate. Listen, I'm not the creative on no, this. No, no, no. I listen. I'm no, just trying I'm to saying, make. Cause I, cause, cause I know for a fact I don't want to be the king. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't want to be the one that the but, bus rolls over. But you <laughs> see, what you see is you see everybody's a writer, until the copywriter has to stay late Friday night mm-hmm. and come in Saturday right. and Sunday. There's only one person in the office. Right. Yep. But that's I thought fair. everybody was a writer. <laughs> everybody need to get their little behinds in here. <laughs> you were in here before. Mm. Um. Recently, somebody had a misspelling on a website. Oh. Just recently. I see it every day. Yeah. No, this was a big one. It was on the homepage. Oh. <laughs> I, I'll put dollars to donuts that only one person got in trouble for that. Oh, yeah. But there was a proofreader. There was an account service person. Yep. At least one. There was a creative director. There was an associate creative yep. director. There were a whole bunch of people who should be in trouble. How do you miss a spelling... I think it wasn't the client's name, but it was close enough that it was almost, it was like, how did you miss this? Right. Because it's not their job. Well, if they had been doing their job instead of doing the job, trying to hand it, do the, be a creative, it might have been caught. See, that's the problem is everybody, we glorify being a creative. Then we wage war on being a creative. Mm. I met with somebody, the person I met with today, I, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, most of the agencies are run by numbers guys. That's, yes. That's number guys yep. and girls, men yes. and women. I'm sorry. I, I say guys and girls because those are two, but then probably men and women. I don't want nobody. You are, we, are, we are with a mixed company. <laughs> okay. We are not going gonna to send I, out the, the. Good God, we have way too much. The police. I, I can't be curving <laughs> my talk all the time. We don't they, have time today. No. But, but We got a lot we want to discuss. The, num- <laughs> the numbers people have ruined the game because they declared when you, war on the creators. When you say numbers people, which numbers people are you talking about? Account service, mm-hmm. accounting, finance, mm-hmm. new business folks. Mm-hmm. We're not behaving like agencies used to be run by people focused on produce. What's an agency's, let's back up real quick. Mm-hmm. What's our product? Creative. Creative problem solution, um, solving. Okay. Creative mm-hmm. solutions, right? How many times have you heard somebody talk with the disdain about creatives? They don't ever talk about, the, uh, this is what I got on Ad Week about. We talk about data, uh, you know, we talk about tech, we talk about research, we talk about everything in the trade pubs and wonder why creatives don't read the trade pubs. There's nothing about being a creative. Right. So why do I need to read this? There's nothing in here. So this is this is what I feel and I and this is also what what I am sensing like coming over to the media side I'm starting to see things parallels in advertising but I also get why not that I agree but I also get why agencies are now run by numbers guys because the numbers guys hold all the purses 
and well they didn't they didn't before no they didn't okay they They, they 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 took the purses but what they did is first of all our first mistake our very first mistake as ad agencies was to let media get away from us that's where I was going to go with because I feel like it's gone more so over to data analysis or even I don't want to say strategy but like analytics um, being on the account client services side they have more of like a strategic mindset so they consider themselves strategists and those are the people generally as the rooms that I've been in making decisions before it even gets to creatives the only time creatives even get looped into is after the idea is made and now we've already written a brief we just want you to act on the brief that we just read. They're wrote. not creatives. They're, they're, they're not creatives, right? But here's here's it's a complicated story, and I I, I I know I talk way too much, but we don't understand the civil war happening in advertising. First, mm. we got rid of media because it was a profit center, so we spun it off, and we can make more money by media being by itself. Mm-hmm. But in the late '90s, when this thing called the internet came up. <laughs> and I'm not making I was fun. there. Yeah. <laughs> I was we, there for that one. We did something even worse. Huh. We had a group of individuals who understood or knew digital or in the internet then. We didn't call it digital. Knew the internet. Right. But we thought they were piss poor creatives. So we said, give those give those hacks the internet. Oh, the te- the tech guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the, the, yeah. But we called them hacks. Hmm. And we laughed at them and scoffed, and we sent them away to form digital shops. And then they made Google, and now look. Yeah. They <laughs> waged war on us. You know. Because they had all the data. They yeah. literally yeah. had all the but answers. They, but they also had a cheaper price point. Huh. And the clients went, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I can put a video on YouTube, and I don't have to spend $200,000? You don't even have to use a production company. And, to make the video. Yeah, but they the definitely video. spend... I'm trying not to get in trouble. They definitely, I can confirm now that there they, are budgets that people no. are spending here's, here's hundreds of millions of dollars for that now $50,000 yeah. 10-second video on YouTube. They're spending now they are. Now, before they weren't. When they were buying the space. Got yeah, it. When, the, when this first got started. So what we did is we created our own enemies. And then you start, clients started going, and this is before clients needed websites because the websites were new. And then the, when the websites pop up, guess who showed up at the agency? Yeah. Representing the client. The people we sent away. Yeah. That's now, how do you think that meeting went? <laughs> the first time? Because it's literally the meeting I have every day now. Yeah. There's so much turmoil inside of advertising, and it's all advertising first. That's all. So what happens is we created this war where the guys, we when in the, in the 80s and the 90s, the creators were gods. So they treated account service and media and, and accounting and everybody else like crap. Well, guess what? The chickens came home to roost when we didn't want to run the agencies no more, and they did. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're just, and you can see, they don't do it consciously, but you can see the subconscious bias. It's like, okay, I'm going to break the creators. These de- what do you mean they can't do a TV spot in a day? They can write a TV script in a day. Yeah. You know, you, you wonder where these came from. This came from us. We're fighting internally. Now, you have agencies who never had to go with that because they're sm- a lot smarter. Right. So they don't, they don't have that end fighting. They have a creative heritage, and they understand creative is our product. 
what we see now are agencies are like some car companies who are talking about they sell air conditioning in a car. They don't, they don't care about the car. The car is not the product. It's how comfortable are you inside with that cool air and that warm heat. In the wintertime, it's great. But the car gets five miles to a gallon. Don't mm. worry about it. It's comfortable. <laughs> you know, and that's where we are with advertising. We've got all this data, mm-hmm. but the creative sucks. Don't worry, though. We got yeah. all this data. Yeah. But you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. You know, we ask, how did this happen? How do you do an ad for Ancestry where you use... Child, that was a good one. Well, I guess the question is, who's who's asking how this happened? Because you're asking how it happened, but the people at the agencies aren't asking how... Oh, no, happened. they know how it happened. It, they were... they they First, they were moving too fast. Oh, you mean these are the excuses they give? Because I was like, they yeah. don't know how it happened, but we have canned responses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. You know, well, first like... of all, you got to care. You know, somebody sat there and looked at that. I bet you somebody, white, black, yellow, green, looked at that ancestor spot and went, this is going to be bad. But it ain't my job. Exactly. I I won't know if they they did that. No. Yes, they have. I recently recently had a situation where there was an ad being made, um, and... Someone working on the team was like, you know what? It's just not sitting well with me. We've actually already polled people of color, and they haven't said anything. But I need your perspective because I think I think you're gonna see the thing I see, and it might be different if you see it. And lo- and I'm speaking in generalization mm-hmm. so that you know mm-hmm. we won't put people out there. But like, and then I saw it, and when I saw the thing that was like, oh hell no! I said. <gasps> And then proceeded to just ask more questions. Like, what were you trying to get at? What are you trying to communicate? Because what this is communicating is not what you're trying to communicate. And it's going to make a lot of people really angry. So I think, and even working on the agency side, when I was at the last agency before where I am now, there are tons of people in the room that will sit there and be like, yeah, that's not going to That's not gonna go well. And those people will be like, but... Who's to say? Who's to say I know anything, right? Let's just keep going ahead and doing so it. So, do you feel like they're not like they're not sound in their feelings? Like they're not voicing them strongly enough when they're saying that? This I think there's a lot of people that don't care. Yeah. No, you know what it is. They're they have no voice. You're in the room, but you're not part of the meeting. I think that is true, and uh, there are definitely, as I have seen, people that do not care. They don't care because they've gotten there. They've, they've, if you, if, if I think you it's cry, more, I think if, at least what I've experienced is more online with what you said before. It's not my job. No, but it's not my job because what? I mean, fair. Where did I get that feeling from? Right. You know, fair. Uh, it, you see a policeman fair. walk away from a, uh, from a mugging. <laughs> Listen, I've seen the police. You know, I've seen these things. Yeah, we. Have. I've lived in Washington D.C. I've definitely seen that happen. And the reason I say that is because my first job in advertising was at Kramer Crassel, mm-hmm. and we were in the meeting. And I can tell this: Paul Council was the CEO. They were headquartered in Milwaukee. They, I get called to this meeting because Paul had a policy of when he met, when you first got hired, he met with every new employee in the Milwaukee office mm-hmm. and said, "What's your five-year plan?" And he would write down on your five-year plan. 
And if it was to be an ACD or be a producer or whatever, mm-hmm. he would come up with a plan with you and he would say, now these are the things you need to do. So when I call you and we're doing TV production but you're not on it, you need to come sit in these meetings and see how we budget it out and everything right. as part of your personal growth. Me being stupid, you know, you got to be careful what you ask for. Never pray for strength because that don't come through good times. Um, so I said, I'm sitting there, I'm going, I want to own an agency in five years. He said, okay, fine. So every time I call you, you need to be in a finance meeting. You need to be in an HR meeting. You need to be in an accounting meeting. You need to be in every meeting I'm in because I run an agency. But you still got to do your copywriting. And, you know, I'm like, man, that two and a half years, I busted my butt. But I get called to a meeting. Everybody in there is white but me. And they're talking about the work that Kramer Castle is going to do for a nonprofit. And the lady stands up and she goes, well, we're dealing with inner city kids in Milwaukee. And they're black and Hispanic. And these parents don't attend the PTA meetings at 6 o'clock. So they must not care about their children. So we're not even going to include the black. You know, parents and his... in the suburbs don't work or whatever. Oh no! But see, they said we're going to go and you, we're going to do these programs with the children, and we don't even involve the parents. Oh, you don't no. have no context. You don't have no nuance. You I'm don't even jun- understand. I'm a junior copywriter in this meeting, and I'm sitting there going, and I guess he could see on my face. I'm sitting there going, "Oh, this is going to end bad," mm-hmm. but I don't have the power. Because these are VPs and executives. And, I mean, this is sweet people. And Paul Council looks at me and he goes, Derek, tell them what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? He goes, tell them what you're thinking. Tell them exactly what you're thinking. Do not hold back. Mm-hmm. And he got mad at me. And I told him, I said, you can come to church with me on Sunday morning and find out what these black parents think. I said, see, you, you misunderstand. Milwaukee's a, a union town. Mm-hmm. Briggs and Stratton, Harley Davis, and Allen Edmund Shoes, right. all of these. The first shift goes to the person who's been there the longest. And the first shift is nine to five. Right. So I can get off and go to the PTA meeting. Right. Second and third shift is black folks and Hispanic folks. And most of us are third shift. So that means you're going in at 11 to 7 so or 12 sleep. to 8. So you got to sleep. Yeah, yeah. you got to sleep. You got to take care of your kid. Go tell them parents. I said, go tell. I said, I was, I, I was like, call my wife and tell her she don't care about her two little black sons. Right. Now, when she gets through with you, <laughs> <laughs> then come back and do this. And everybody in the room was quiet. And they were like, oh, we didn't think about the union thing. And Paul Council did something that changed my life. Mm-hmm. He didn't get on them. He turned them in front of everybody. He said, and if you ever hold your tongue again, Derek, I will fire you. Oops. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, wait. You know, it's like when your brother. I thought I did. I did what you told me to do. Yeah, <laughs> I did what you told me to do. But I wasn't going to tell. Right. And what that leads to is to your question. See, if if you're in the meeting, but I haven't told you, speak your mind. Right. If if, if I told you, haven't told you, speak your mind, then what happens? You don't know. Do you have the power? I mean, and, that, and that's the, the whole equity thing. When mm-hmm. you talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, making sure that you're not just hiring black people and brown people and bringing them into these spaces and not giving them the, the space to actually voice their And the opinion. backup. Yeah. And even, and even, I think even within that deeper, and then I want to, I want to go deeper into um, DNI. I think something that I realized last week as I am, personally re-onboarding into agency culture is that I recognize the 
politics of it all has taken the forefront even beyond um even beyond creative even beyond the numbers beyond revenue and beyond creative there is the politics the need to make people feel important and therefore and therefore many of us specifically those of us who do not always have the numbers not to say that that's my situation now it's not but those of us who do not necessarily have the numbers to align ourselves if this was jail you gotta align yourself with somebody's gang because we need to be able to go get breakfast and lunch at the right time if you don't have that you're always going to be uh not lost. empowered yeah. you're always going to be lost so as we navigate this it's kind of like i think it's important to, to point out you had and i don't want to call it lucky but you had something that most of us pray for is in that meeting for somebody please somebody tag me in somebody empower me somebody just give me the mic to say the thing that needs to be said whether they want to use it or not because that part doesn't always happen because most of the times when we walk into conference rooms everybody wants to be the smartest person at the table but nobody has the smartest thing to say and they're not willing to admit it and they're also not willing to pass the mic and also like your your boss was a leader like he saw that you had something to say and he wanted to make sure that you are part of it and when you start talking about the crib directors and people not being crib directors, yeah. what I hear is that there aren't leaders. Like these aren't people who right. want to lead the people that are, that are no, underneath them. No, they don't. Is I don't believe a lot of this is a lack of training. Right. We used to train people. You got to put in your time. I'm seeing young people who are creative directors after four years. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. You know, you want the title. And you think you're the smartest person in the room, but you've never managed folks. Right. You've never fired somebody. And to sit across from somebody, and the cowardly way is to let HR fire somebody. Yes, it is. If you are going to fire an employee and you are a creative director, an account soup, a media supervisor, a strategy supervisor, whatever, take your ass in there and do it yourself. Yeah. Don't punk out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to switch over to Riley. That's a bitch-ass move, Santa. Come on, Riley. <laughs> Dear Santa. I'm going to leave it there. But if you ever want to see that episode, it's well, beautiful. Well, I but, think because part of it is, too, like when you start talking about people having managed people, mm -hmm. it's firing them and know, knowing why they're firing them. A lot of these firings and terminations are happening because I don't like you. you I don't like you. You love me the right, right way. Right. I'm not quite sure I agree. Right. I, I, I've... I, I was fortunate I didn't start in advertising. I started 10 years at Pizza Hut on the client side. Um. I fired people. <laughs> I fired people. But the, the thing that really is hard to do, and I, I, I learned this because Pizza Hut had training. Mm -hmm. And toys, I worked at Toys Us first and then Pizza Hut. Two great training programs. But they trained you. You don't, it, this idea that I got to like people. I used to come to work and go, God, he's still alive. <laughs> but, but I need him, you know. But I need right. him, right? And the professional in me goes, but I got to treat him cordial and everything. But I'm never going out for beers with him. I'm never. He and I aren't, aren't hanging out unless I'm pushing him in front of a bus. We are together. And that's only after you no longer coming back to the agency because again, you yeah. need him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We 
somewhere along the line we got this whole culture I gotta love everybody that I work with. I do. You don't even love everybody in your family half the time. Why I gotta? Well, why I gotta sit here and sing kumbaya with with all of y'all? Right. You know. So we come back to this. It's all training. Yeah. See, if I train you how to fire, and, uh, first of all, this is what made Toys R Us and Pizza great when they were great. They got away from it. A manager was punished for his turnover. I was punished for my turnover. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't just come in and fire you. My boss is like, well, you fired so-and-so? Yeah. You hired him. Did you train him right? Right. Did you coach and counsel him right? And you fired him. You know what You know what your evaluation looked like? You know, it's like, apparently you don't know how to train people. Mm-hmm. You're hiring too fast. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not vetting. That is what we're missing in advertising. See, it's so easy. Yeah. It's easy to fire somebody if you're first of all, if you ain't gonna do it. But what happens if I said to, and I say this from, I, Brown and Brown is tiny, so it's easy for me to say. But when I ran a creative department, I still said, "You want to fire him? You hired him. Now you tell me why he can't meet deadlines." Yeah. You know what are you doing? You knew he was going to miss the deadline. Yeah. Right? What and did you do? And if you didn't, that's yeah. also your fault. Exactly. Why didn't you know? See, so a firing is no longer the way to get rid of a bad employee. It's a way for me to to see how good a manager you are. Right. And we haven't done that in a long time. Accountability is yeah. not necessarily no. a part of the culture <laughs> these days. Like most people yeah. do not hold themselves accountable for anything. It's, you see this gray hair? Yeah, it looks really nice though. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have a full-time employee because you have to understand the promise that a full-time employee gets. Hmm. I'm responsible for her or his family. Mhm. It's on me. It, uh, nothing else matters. They can make the mistakes. It's my mistake. Right. So now when I when we lose business, that's somebody's life. It's no, you know, people go, I want that check. You don't know what the damn check costs. Because mm. I'm going to tell you right now, I lose sleep over the idea of not my people not working. And I got them on contract. Right. And I feel bad now that one of my art directors, she's struggling because her other contracts aren't enough. And I don't have enough work to keep her to going. To supplement that, yeah. So, you know, people talk about all the good stuff. Here's the real thing. I have seen people lay folks off and go on vacation. So have I. How dare you? You laid people off, and I'm not talking about firing. I'm talking about laying off, mm -hmm. which is sort of tied to finances. Mm -hmm. And then you take your ass to Rome mm -hmm. for two weeks. How much, how, how much longer could that person have worked off of your vacation? Yeah. If you're a leader, not a boss. Come on now. Then you get in. I'm in the trench with my people. When and I'll get to it real quick. When when I decided to turn down the 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 money with the Kumite, I came back to my people and I sat there and I said, "This is what they want to do. Mm -hmm. We can get paid, but this is what they want to do." Mm -hmm. And my people were like, "No," I said, "I can't make that decision by myself right. because I make it by myself." They're not getting paid. Right. I, you, I owe you at least 
a voice in, in the decision. Right. And I need to explain to you before I go, I don't think we should do this. Now, I'm still friends and we're still good on that, but it's a hard decision. And nobody knows the ride home after that meeting. You know, I'm riding home in the car going, I f- where did I mess up? Yeah. You know, how did I let this get away from me? And that's where the gray hair comes from because I got people who depend on me for a check. So these folks that enter into it lightly, I'm the boss now. Right. Shit, you don't even understand what well, the boss is. Well, being a boss is easy. The yeah. boss is an easy yeah. job. You just got to tell everybody else what to do. You just got to uh, make sure everybody else holds themselves accountable. You just got to look good. But to your point, and within leadership, and I wrote about that earlier this year, as a leader, it's more of a shepherding. It's more yeah. of a um, an integrated process where it's not just all you. It's you and I together have to do this. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the tough parts, and you may not necessarily have the information or the resources to push forward, let me see what I have in my bag of trips, yeah. tricks to put, pull us yeah. out. That's the leadership that people don't Agencies get. used to be yeah. families. Yeah. Account service was the big superstar brother. Media was the, was the sister. Mm-hmm. Account service was, was another sibling. All of us all together, right? We fought like cats and dogs in the house. Mm-hmm. But let somebody come off the street and talk crap about one of us or jump one of us. And it was like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. You know, right. this, this, we're all walkers in here. Right. Mm-hmm. We've gotten away from that because of all the infighting. See, so if I'm busy, if the creators are busy, account service doesn't go, you know, how can we make it easier for them? Strategy doesn't go, how can we grease the sled? Media is not talking. Nobody, there's nobody circling around going, "This is our problem." Right. Oh no, that's on the creators. That's on. They the need to service. fix that, right? It's every man for themselves. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too is like when you when you talk about this full time employee and and people are looking for the check, from the people that I speak to, and I feel like a lot of people in our network, what I'm hearing is they're also looking for development, and they're not getting it from their bosses because I think it's real easy to tell people how they're fucking up but but not be able to but it's harder to tell them how why they're fucking up and tell them how they can be better and that's one thing where i don't see it across the board where boss where people who are managers are able to actually help the people that they're they're shepherding develop their their discipline they can't help because they haven't been helped right Mm. okay we look at I, I guess the best thing, I, I live in a world of examples. A, a parent who's a single parent, male or female, mm-hmm. who's a parent, who's a child of a single parent, male or female, makes the exact same mistakes that mama or daddy made. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they didn't get to see mama and daddy working together. They saw mama or they saw daddy grinding, doing everything. Right. So they don't know how to enter into a partnership. Right. So how does a manager who's never been, been managed. shepherded, managed, guided, promoted, you know, coached and counseled and, and, and shown those things, 
how do you expect them to pick that up if they're not trained? Well, I, I think every once in a while somebody breaks the mold, right? Because there yeah. are there are people who realize that they've been they've been developed from a deficit, mm-hmm. and they're the ones who actually start to um, when they once they realize that they've been developed from a deficit, they start to I guess develop themselves and start to look for ways to because I've I've been managed by people who are dope managers. Be, but they've also acknowledged like that they've had shitty managers. So there's every once in a while somebody breaks them all, but across no, the board. But, but here's what people don't get. I wasn't made by good managers. I was made by bad managers. Mm. See, when when that manage when when my boss wrote me up for whatever I did that wasn't really my fault, but he wrote me up. I remembered in my head, he never listened to me. Right. So you turn around. I, I know from now, now on, listen. I'm going to ask all the questions I can before I go into this. Right. It's the same thing. You learn it. You've got to be willing to learn. And you're asking these, the, the dope managers you had were willing to learn from the bad experiences. Right. Bad bosses have a lot, lot to teach, but what we do is we quit too quick. We quit too fast. Yeah, you I know, do. Um, I worked at an agency where they were spending more money than God, but on the wrong stuff. What did it teach me? If I ever get as much money as they got, I need an accountant to hold my hand because I, I, I'm not a money person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a numbers person. So I need somebody else that, but I need to do what Oprah and Bill Cosby said. I don't want to hear about Bill. Um, uh, again, you just sign, gotta get your point out. You sign your, your own out. check. You sign every check. Mm-hmm. Because I've worked at an agency where the CMO embezzled eleven million dollars and shut the agency down. So that all that taught me was, I love you as a, I love you as a brother, but you handling my money, I gotta have somebody watch you. Just because the temptation's too great, right? Mm-hmm. That's, fair. That's fair. And I'm letting you know I'm watching you. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be behind the. I, I, I'm that kind of person where I go, Simeon. I trust you, but I don't trust the the human being in you with this much money, and we shouldn't. And That's you fair. shouldn't trust me, right? With that much money, right? Because I, you give me the checkbook, I'll be writing checks all day long. <laughs> you going around? <laughs> we going around? Yeah. Okay. But but see, what we what we have is. Those guys paid their dues. I've got it. My, my youngest son refuses to open a restaurant. Mom and daddy going to help him. He's 25. He's not ready to, in his head, he's not ready to open a restaurant because he hadn't paid his dues. Mm-hmm. I disagree with him. I think he's ready. But that kind of mentality is rare. Right. You know, when you go, I still got stuff to learn, daddy. Right. He knows whatever he's deficient in. Well, it's, it's interesting because... Like I've been reading a few articles about women and who are who are aspiring to leadership, and they, from those articles, they usually have that perspective of I need more development, I need more um, experiences to get to the next level. So it's almost like it's it's it sounds like it's the male centric um, culture that's been created of dudes who don't who aren't ready to get to the next level, but there is no no system of accountability in no. place to for them to actually assess whether or not they're actually ready to get to actually the next level. Actually, it's blacks, 
Hispanics, and women. Combine those three. We over qualify to do a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We sit there and it's like we in our heads because we haven't been enough ever. I still need to get more experience. I need more book knowledge. I need more account knowledge. I need, we're always constantly, whereas, and this is just the way society works. White guys walk in and go, you know what? I've never balanced a spreadsheet in my life, but I think I can be the CFO. And we'll learn on the job. Whether good or bad is the, the whole other question. When we apply for a job, and the study said women but I was like no when you look at black men in professional positions we do the same thing we look at that and and we go every qualification I have to meet Mm -hmm. but the flip side to it is that's because we understand the curse when a white guy goes in he may meet five of the ten and they hire him right when it's a black woman or a black man or a Hispanic man or a Hispanic woman and you have to discuss the hierarchy of diversity to get that um, we are judged on every little bit of that job description and you better meet every criteria because we're not giving you the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. I recently gave a um, CMO 13 well it's about two years now I gave him 13 candidates well I gave him 20 candidates he whittled them down to 13. 13 that the CMO looked at and said, these 13 can work on my account. The client presented them to his agency and not one got an interview. Hmm. Because the agency went, doesn't have that experience. Yeah. And he was so appalled and shocked by it, but that's what But what it's what happens. There's hmm. a lot of people that will get a shot based on potential and there are quite a handful of us that only get a shot based on like I said the, the mm-hmm. Yelp reviews so I wanna I know that we can go on and we can talk forever but I wanna get some final words from you cause who knows when who knows when you'll be in our presence again maybe another two years or so <laughs> but I would like to you know what I, I don't need the black mother guilt uh, you don't need it, but, but you're going to get it. That's what you're going to get today. But, but, but see, you're not a mother. <laughs> but see, I, got, I, I, was raised, I was raised with a black mother and a sister, okay, and a father. Let me, do, let me throw that in. My daddy's got to get the credit. Okay, My mother and father right, yeah. were a team. So you ain't going to guilt me. Listen, you can take it or leave it. You, you can leave gonna... it. You can leave it, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share it. But since I want to make sure that because we definitely value your perspective and you are a huge influence on – us and quite frankly how we speak on twitter as we talked about before we even started recording dear god we got to talk about that if there is something (laughs) if there is anything on your mind that you have not said whether it be via social media or at an event or in the presence of your colleagues that you know needs to be said but you haven't because it just might piss a couple people off and you need to make sure they sign the check first what can you say here oh, on beer. Mixed Company, <laughs> <laughs> on the Imaginary Beer? What can you say on Mixed Company that needs to be said that hasn't been said yet? We're doing diversity and inclusion wrong. Blatantly wrong. Mm-hmm. Who's the target audience of, of all, should be the target audience of all the activities designed to change diversity and inclusion in advertising? 
should be us, right? Why? Oh, I didn't have a follow-up answer. It should be the people who brought the problem. Hmm. And who are they? White men. I see. But every program, and I'm, 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 I know I'm stepping on toes, but every freaking copulating program <laughs> is geared towards correcting a behavior in black and brown people. Mm. Like we are the problem. None of you, nobody in this room knows about advertising. So let's go teach young people about advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, young people of color. Because there's four black people in here, four colored people in here. And none of us knew about advertising. We just fell into it. You know, we were walking down the street. Somebody shanghaied us. Hey, you. <laughs> oh, knocked you in the back of the head and dragged you into advertising. That's Loki, how that's I got not in. very far off from how I got in. But, <laughs> <laughs> but think about it as an, think about diversity and inclusion and in advertising as an assignment. Mm -hmm. Real quick, who's the target audience? Yeah. It is white men. They hold the power and followed by white women. Now, as mentioned, the hierarchy of diversity. Let me give you that real quick. Let them have it. In hiring, white men first, white women. So don't get me started about this. <laughs> we um, got to wait. Ain't yeah. No wait. We're not no, waiting. No, 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 no. We're no. not waiting. They keep it in the family. Then Asian men, mm -hmm. Asian women. Now, advertising is different from society. And you got to watch what happens. Hispanic women and black women before black men and Hispanic men. And I had a creative director who I love dearly, who's honest with me and we talk. He goes, that's because white men don't see black women and brown women as, as, as rivals. Right. They see black men and brown men as rivals. And he said that and I went, what? He goes, no, I'll hire a black woman because I know she'll never get my job. He's, and we have to have these conversations. Yeah. But think about it, that's how you, and you look at the presence of black women in advertising. They're stuck at a level. Unless they go to the DNI side. Yeah. Well, DNI doesn't count because they just. I said, say the things. Oh. Say the things <laughs> that you wouldn't say. They tend to be pimping us out. But anyway, they didn't come at me. They know where I'm at on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. Come come strong, come, come see hard. About, come see about you. You'll walk over, you'll limp back. Oh. <laughs> but, but really and truly, first we got confused. Black women and brown women rose to the cause of women and didn't notice that when they talked about women, they said women and women of color. Yeah. So you were never in the group. Right. You guys are out there slaving away for a fight. That really isn't yours. In the last five years, we've seen, we seen white women get great positions in advertising. Mm -hmm. What black woman runs in a, a white agency? Runs the agency? No. Yeah. What black woman or brown or, well, Hispanic woman runs the creative department at a large agency? I mean, Shannon was over there at Deutsch. No, she didn't run all of it. Oh. She ran an account, a group. I'm talking about ECD, Executive Creative mm -hmm. Director of the agency. Mm -mm. But yet and still, women have made such leaps and bounds. Well, you know when we say, when we, when we all say women, we don't mean all women. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> that, that and the idea that we can solve this through hiring more juniors and students mm -hmm. and everything. No, you're bringing them in and using them as cannon fodder. 
Right. You're marching them right into that gr that meat grinder, and they're getting ground up, and they don't see a senior. They don't see a VP. They don't see a, a, a C-suite person. They don't see a path to, to... So what happens? They burn out, and they go away. Yeah. And then the white guys get to sit and go, see, we gave them a chance. And they weren't. Yeah, no, you're right. And you're absolutely right. the lie is that we keep doing this. I appreciate all the efforts to bring more young people in. But our diversity and inclusion folks are wrong, blatantly wrong. And they didn't do this intentionally, but it's the easiest it's path. It's the easiest, yeah. It's the low-hanging fruit. When will white... This is not a black problem. I can't fix diversity and inclusion. I didn't break it. Right. I'm not... I do hire for my agency, but my agency's a rainbow. Yeah. But I'm not big enough to make a... The lie is this, and I'll leave you, and I'm sorry you asked this, but this pisses me off so bad. I own my agency. I am the boss. If I tell you to hire more white people, then damn it, it better happen. You yeah. don't come back and say, I can't find white people to hire. But oddly enough, the CEOs of mm -hmm. all the agencies and the holding companies have been telling their people to hire more black and brown folks and they get to say I can't find any mm -hmm. come I, I'm gonna have to curse is there a copulation about to happen no not a copulation <laughs> it's, it's what kind of shit is that you built a damn AI in three years Marcel but you can't integrate your damn C-suites you built an artificial fucking intelligence but you can't integrate your C-suites. You're gonna tell me it's easier to build a new brain than to find a black person qualified to run a damn agency. And nobody, nobody in DNI went, something's wrong. Nobody. But we sit around and we clap and pat ourselves on the back. For what? In the last 10 years, we have not had a, a black president of an agency or a CEO. And we, what's there to celebrate? Y'all go ahead and party. Ain't no peace for me. This shit. Y'all got him cussing, y'all. <laughs> y'all pissed him off. Y'all got him cussing. The man came in and said, you gotta stop cussing. The and y'all done got him cussing. The idea that Minden House was at what Twitter? Where was Minden House? I want to say yes. Um, what's the young lady that um was at Beats Boys? Bozoma. Yeah, Bozoma. Mm-hmm. How many black people have to leave the ad agencies and go run on the client side before we realize something's really wrong? I mean, seriously, you got clients with more black folks in positions of power mm -hmm. that couldn't get jobs at agencies. Mm -hmm. And we celebrate this. And since this doesn't air tomorrow, does it? No, not mm -hmm. tomorrow. Okay. You got a week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm giving this speech tomorrow at the One Club Creative Summit on diversity and inclusion 
but they're running an executive summit at the same time mm. with no cameras. I peeped that. No recording devices. Mm. And you can't get in unless you're C-suite. They do that every year. But I'm going to be talking about diversity and, and inclusion. And they need to be in the room. Yes, but they're going to be over there in the closed door session. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm that important. I'm saying who's talking to them about diversity and inclusion? Right. And what are they saying? Yeah. And why am I talking to a room full of people that can't hire nobody? Right. And fire nobody? Or set goals and and Are you gonna say that tomorrow? Sort of. Okay. I mean, if you don't, it's fine. No. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I may, maybe I can sneak out. Maybe I'm I can figure a out a way more, to get I'm gonna just, tell you. <laughs> I want to see you say that to the. I don't need to talk to y'all. In yeah. fact, y'all don't even really need to be here. That's, you just took the. I know. I know. I was ready. <laughs> I felt it. They're in the, the people in the room, and I have to apologize to them, are hearing something that isn't meant for them. Mm -hmm. And they probably already and they probably already heard it already. Yeah, yeah. but they're living it. And they're, they're talking about it. they're going to be yeah. juniors and, and, and ACDs. What the hell? <laughs> did you, did, did you, <laughs> you should, I, did you tell them get out of my face with that mess? Oh, we argued about it. I bet you did, child. Listen, and, I don't see, here's deny the thing. it. Who'd you argue with? Hmm? Who'd you argue with? The one since, you named, uh, since you name drop. Since you out here telephone business. <laughs> it will be it will be on social media when they come for me. Oh, okay. But but no, I'm I gotta talk about it, but we also have to understand. We are asking this is like a and it's an it's a stark it's a ugly dis example, but it's like us asking domestic domestic abuse of um, victims to fix their relationship. We're the ones getting our ass kicked. And you want us to work on us. How backwards is this? And how much mental damage must it be that we're still telling black folks something's wrong with you. And you're telling brown folks that too. Something's wrong with us that we can't get jobs and stay in advertising. No, it's not, and that's the lie. So that's what I'm talking about, the lie of us, enough. But, um, oh, is that the name of it? No, it's. I was here for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty catchy. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, if you want it to be the name of this episode, I can make that. Yeah, the lie of enough. <laughs> the lie mm -hmm. of enough? Yeah, we're not talented enough, we're not smart enough, we're not experienced enough, we're not enough. I mean, never have been, and we never. But it's not my problem. If you look, what did Langston Hughes say? I too sing America. I am the darker child. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes, but I eat well. I grow strong. Tomorrow when company comes, no one will dare say to me, "Go eat in the kitchen," for they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too sing America. We've known this forever. We keep getting sent to the kitchen. I'm tired of cooking. Yes, indeedy. I don't even cook in my own house, and I'm the only one that lives there. <laughs> I am, I'm at the end of my career. I'm close to the end of my career. I've got two boys who are absolute brilliant, and that's not the dad talking. My son scares me. My youngest scares me as a writer. He is much better at 25 than I was at 30, and he wants absolutely nothing to do with advertising. 
his brother directs, shoots videos and, and shorts, and will have nothing to do with advertising. And to me, that's an abomination. They know about advertising. They grew up around it, and they won't because they, they and they tell me, look at what you went through, and it's, not, it's no better. Every parent wants to leave the world a little better for their children. And we fucked up. We have not left this world better. Mm. Okay, I was hoping that you'd like make a bigger sound. (laughs) It was a literal mic that dropped. Um, And so I think that's a great way to end it as a copywriter should. I'm 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 left wanting more, um, but I need to get back to work. I got Me a couple too. things I need to do. But Derek, I will say thank you, thank you so so much for. And it won't be two years, I promise. You listen, you don't gotta keep no. I gotta come back for the creative kumite. You do, you do, you definitely do. I definitely want to say thank you for taking time out of your trip to be with us. Sorry, we ain't have no pizza, and sorry we didn't have. Uh, I'm going to get some now. Y'all I, Oh okay. shoot! I, well, y'all go ahead. And I'll I'll Uber eats a slice. But how can people contact you or what's what's your Twitter? Because that's where I'm gonna need yeah, people to follow. There's gonna be a lot of comments. Go ahead. You know I don't know my Twitter. You know what? Okay, well we know. You know what? I just I'm just there. I mean, literally. You cannot just be there. Is it Derek L. Walker? It is at Derek L. Walker. That's at. D-E-R-E-K-L-W-A-L-K-E-R. Um, full name, y'all. Uh, full name, y'all. Y'all can definitely find him. He's always got all the things to say, whether you want to hear it or not, um, and it's always necessary. So make sure you guys tune in. We'll make sure that we post the link to um, the – what? Uh, which gum is it? Um, extra. extra. Extra commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah – we we talked about a lot. We said all the things that you wouldn't <laughs> in mixed, mixed company. company. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later.